Hey, Chosen Chosen Girl fam. I'm Liz. I'm Sarah. And welcome to season six of the Tell Me About It podcast. This season, we are so excited to bring you more chats about where real life meets the gospel of Jesus. And stay tuned as this season, we are bringing you even more special guests. Plus, a brand new mini-series on Jesus, what he means to us, and the specific words he spoke while here on earth. If you aren't caught up, feel free to subscribe and binge our first five seasons wherever you find your podcast. And if this podcast has impacted you, we would be honored if you rated us within your podcast app of choice. Grab your Chick-fil-A nuggets with us. And and let's let's get this party started. What's the word? Burn. Uh, Then it can go into burn from (gasps) Hamilton. Why has no one done this yet? I know we should do that. I hope that you burn. I just whispered it. I've been recording. Oh, y'all know how we are. Don't act surprised. I know. Let's get this party started. It is what it is. It is what it is. Tell me about it Tuesday, y'all. We back. Yes. Guess who's back? Tuesdays are officially not Monday's Ugly Sister because one, tell me about it's back. And then two... Taco Tuesday. Why has Tuesday ever been a bad thing? Never. I, I do eat tacos most Tuesdays. Do you really? Yeah. I honestly love Tuesdays. Like, Tuesday is probably my favorite day of the week. Yes. Um, Not just because we do Chosen, but it's always been a favorite. Tuesdays and Thursdays. I've always been a Tuesday, Thursday girl. I love Thursdays. Mm-hmm. I lied. I don't eat tacos most Tuesdays when we're in recording season. Oh, because we have, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, That's but hugs and hugs. That's right. Which today Which we had tacos. We did have tacos today. Nuggets never disappoint either. True. That's very true. I wonder what kind of debate we could get to, into on the Chosen Girl page about how all of us would fight for our lives for our favorite Chick-fil-A sauce. <gasps> but Girl, you love that honey barbecue. I do love the honey barbecue, but it's, I do think my favorite for like classic nugget dipping. Let me guess. Polynesian? Yes, girl. Mm. Not me for the first two years that Chick-fil-A was open here calling it Persian. No! <laughs> I swear to you. I'd be like, I want a number one with Persian sauce. And they just gave me Polynesian every time. I love that. Not me bothering to like, read the label that yep. says Polynesian sauce. <laughs> We're educated. Persian. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the first time that's happened. I know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. But, y'all, we're so glad to be back. Yes, we are. We're always glad to be back. We are, um, we're talking about a hot topic today that's really going to lead into some really great discussion um, in the next few weeks with um, a new series called um, What He Said. Yes, and the kickoff to kind of be a precursor to that, starting with last week's episode with Pastor Isaac, who, oh my gosh, what a deep well. Yes, He's awesome. Yes. I told Liz, like, there's not many people that when upon meeting them, which I've known him for a while just Mm -hmm. from association with you and Riley and and our friends, but that was my first time ever really sitting down talking with him. But there's few people that I just have a deep reverence for upon first really talking with them, and I immediately felt that respect. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, Sarah, don't be stupid. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> he wouldn't have judged. Don't be stupid. <laughs> Liz and I have been seeing Shania Twain all day because Hunter and I got the chance to see her in concert last weekend. Not I'm to so flex jealous. or anything on y'all, but so jealous. it was a lifetime dream of both of ours, Hunter and myself. And I probably shouldn't, but most definitely will be posting the footage of him dancing to Please. all the classics Please. from the 90s country era. So and don't and don't ever go back without me, girl. I know we need a party. I know I'm here for some Shania. We got those tickets like a year and a half ago, maybe a year. Yeah, it's been a long time. <gasps> yep. Okay, we gotta go. Yes, girl. We gotta go. But yes, back to Jesus and stuff. <laughs> we are talking about deconstructing this week. Yes, which is has been such a hot topic um, in culture and social media and Sarah and I were talking about how much we've seen it on Instagram and on TikTok and um, people really kind of grasping onto this idea and when I think about why it's become so popular I think it's just um, our our culture is shifting like as a nation I For think sure. our uh, culture within our faith is shifting as well mm-hmm. and so I think we're grasping for something that's a little more um representative of where we're at, but also looking for the truth. Yeah. I think one of the key words is authenticity. Ooh, yes. And then like self-reflection, like why do we do what we do? Yes. Um, the first time I was introduced to this term was actually in college with kind of the more literal definition Mm -hmm. of deconstructing. And that was like actually taking a paragraph and quite literally deconstructing it sentence by sentence, word by word to get down to the true meaning Mm -hmm. of what that paragraph meant. And a, uh, a example that I gave of that earlier when we were studying was there's a Shakespeare quote. I think it's from a midsummer's not dream, midsummer's not dream. And I could be totally wrong because I honestly studied Shakespeare so much that I don't care to study it ever again in my adult <laughs> life. PTSD vibes. Um, <laughs> almost failed that class because it was so difficult. <laughs> Your girl was tired. But um, that Shakespeare's quote, quote that is put on so many things like purses and T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, Though she be but little, she is fierce. Um, it's actually an insult. <laughs> In one of his plays, like dun, talking dun, about dun. like that girl is short and small, but she is mean. Like that's basically what I was talking about. So we did a lot of like deciphering in yeah. college, just trying to get to the true meaning of what the author meant from the text. And um that that's a literal definition of deconstructing. Um yeah. the by the book it it says a method of critical analysis of philosophical and literary language, which emphasizes the internal workings of language and conceptual systems, um, trying to get to the quality of meaning and get rid of all the, like, you know, the biases that could be taken from that. And you're, you're really just trying to assume the implicit form of expression from that particular mm-hmm. author at that point in time. Um, for our purposes, talking about here religiously, mm-hmm. um, it can be really easily defined as like the taking apart, still using that same deconstructive type language of an idea, of a practice, a tradition, belief, or a religious system into smaller components in order to examine their foundation, truthfulness, usefulness, and impact. Mm-hmm. So just self-reflection. 
is the approach that I like to take with looking at deconstruction. But um, if y'all are on TikTok at all, or even Instagram, I've seen it more on TikTok. Um, I've seen complete opposite spectrum views. Mm-hmm. I've seen pastors talking about like, you better stay away from that deconstruction word. Yeah. And I've been seeing people post like, hey, ask your questions. It's healthy to have questions. Mm-hmm. And I do tend to lead more toward the, you know, God is not afraid of our questions. Oh, for perspective. sure. As we should. Um, yeah, I definitely don't think that God or Jesus would ever shut down any of our questions. I think it's a cultural thing, too, that the way that we were raised, I don't know, but I, I say I don't know about you, but I do, but yeah. that questions like you didn't question your parents. Yeah. That, you know, like when... respect. Yes. Like perspective. Yes. You don't, it's not just your parents, but authority figures. You do as I say, not as I do, whatever I say goes. You don't ask all the extra questions. And so I think sometimes that is... Um, been translated into our faith of that we are almost afraid to question the word of God or question, you know, question God himself. Like what, you know, is this what it, do you really mean what you say you mean here? Or, you know, can I, can I say that God, I'm not sure how I feel about your truth. Yeah. And I do think that that respect is so ingrained in Mm -hmm. us because it was a very, like, I feel like we're coming out of a very I told you so generation, and mm. we've talked about that before. And our generation and the generations to come, even even more so probably, are looking for the why. Yeah. Like, why am I doing mm. this? And I do think, obviously, like, the divinity of God and the reverence and and very respectful fear, not in a scared way, but in a reverence type way that we should have of God should still be there at the same time where it's a safe space to ask questions as well mm-hmm. and go to the word and ask the Holy Spirit like, Hey, I need you to make this clear for me. Cause I'm confused. Yeah. And honestly that confusion probably more often than not could lead to bitterness and, um, apathy, like just having no mm-hmm. desire to move forward in your faith, which I feel like is more dangerous than not asking questions at all. It's so dangerous. And you know, as if you're in that space where you are deconstructing and you're trying to get to the truth and God's intent with the word, I think it's really important to recognize that it should be challenging that diving into God's word shouldn't make you feel comfortable. Yeah. And that it should, it's, it's hard. And that if you're looking to feel comfort or validation, that you will be disappointed. Yeah, I feel with certain topics for sure. Like, it's amazing how diverse reading scriptures can be. Um, Because if you are looking for validation of your opinion, you're probably not going to get it from the word. But on the flip side coin, if you are looking for... Like, on the flip side, the peace that passes understanding comes from the word as well. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. the comfort from you know, the words of Jesus, the Psalms, the wisdom of the Proverbs, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But here talking about more like how we feel about particular doctrine and things like that, like you, it'll either be confirmed or challenged Mm -hmm. because it's the word and it's the truth. Right. And if, if it's not confirmed or challenged and there's still confusion there, I think that the Holy Spirit definitely fills in the gaps. Oh, for sure. Um, And I love what Pastor Isaac said last week Mm -hmm. about like, you know, don't major in the minor things. Like we've got to get these major things down pat before we ask really not like 
questions that don't matter because I feel like all questions do matter to an extent, but mm-hmm. like as it pertains to our faith and salvation, mm-hmm. do the little minute things mm-hmm. make a difference? Yeah. Um, but that shouldn't deter us from asking. No. And it's, it's very healthy. And I think it's, it's you taking a personal responsibility when you do ask. Yes. You know, I like to think that when you love something enough, you don't, you want to see it be its best. Just yes. like your relationship with Christ. When you love it enough, you will, you'll want to see yourself grow. Even if it means it's a little challenging, yeah. if it's a little nerve wracking, if it means that you have to put in extra work and extra research and call on those neighbors, friends, mentors, all the people to, you know, hope, call on the Holy spirit to help you understand, even if it's a hard pill that you have to swallow about yourself, you know, or yeah. about, you know, a, a um, environment that you might've, contributed to and you didn't even realize and now we've all had those moments where you look back and you're like ooh, but that's okay that's that's a sign of growth and the lord loves to see that he delights in us seeking and searching out his word calling on the holy spirit to guide us amen girl we were talking about it this week i said i know that i've said things in like previous years of the podcast before that i may not 100 percent like wholeheartedly agree with now yeah and I, I, like I was cringing about that and Liz was like that is a sign of growth mm-hmm. and I'm like thank you but I'm still terrified <laughs> of myself but you know that's true like I do look back on perspectives that I've had that definitely weren't in love in my life and times that I've passed judgment on people and you know I think that during this whole process humility is key mm-hmm. if you're hanging on to your pride if you're just trying to be right mm-hmm. then you're just going to remain in your pride. Um, but if you remain humble and open-hearted and open-minded to like, what is the actual truth of God? Mm-hmm. I think that you're going to find it because the Bible does say seek and you'll find. Oh, for sure. You've got to have an open heart about it. If you think, I've believed this way for 20 years and this is the way my my parents felt and my grandparents felt and this is a hill I'm dying on, I don't think you're going to get very far in your progression of growth and your quest mm-hmm. to find the truth of God's word and how that can pertain to your life. Um, and a, I, I think everybody just wants to know the truth at the end so of the true. day. That's so true. And I think it's also really important as we're diving in to the word of God, not in kind of coming back to that validation part that it's not, we won't understand everything. Yeah. And we have to be okay with that. Yes. There is no question about, oh, yeah, you'll for sure understand everything at no. some point along this journey because I can promise you that we will not. Because it might be at the finish line when we're with the Lord. It, that's, that's when. Yes. That's when. And so it's just recognizing that this is not a race that we're looking to win to cross a finish line, but mm-hmm. a continued step forward. That is the goal each day. Yes. Well, and I think... You know, there's so many biases with each of our own lives, perspectives, cultures, like everything like that. Um, and even in the, the we've got to take into account, like Pastor Isaac said mm-hmm. last week, the context in which scripture was written as right. well. And, you know, it's, it's so important that we don't check scriptures, that we don't mm-hmm. take bits and pieces of it. And take it. Did you say Chex Mix? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I've never heard that before. <laughs> like, girl, there's but some I get parts you. of Chex Mix I don't like. I'm not eating the pretzels. I'm not eating those little white squiggly things. I ain't eating that. I'm wow. looking for the Chex and the bread. 
<laughs> look, I'm looking for the pumpernickel pieces. That's right. And the pretzels. That's what I look for. Okay, girl. Well, you can always have my pretzels. I'll you can always you have that, my checks. We'll be fighting over the pumpernickel. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so just a little quick history lesson. So the first time that, that this word came about in, as it pertains to like evangelical studies was not that long ago mm-hmm. in the 1960s. I say not that long ago. Like, I mean, like in the course of the church mm-hmm. um, by a guy named Jacques Derrida. And he really um, was very adamant about how multifaceted this was that like even his whole life study of what deconstruction is or what it could be, like it can be taken in so many different avenues and looked at in so many different ways that even all of his work done on it, done on it, couldn't do it justice. Right. Um, and really, I think that in my opinion, this was not in the article I read, but um, I think it's just because reflection is reflection. Yeah. Everybody's had different experiences. We're going to talk about this later, but you know, so many people on a journey of deconstruction, it's due to pain they've experienced Mm -hmm. with either a Christian person, maybe a church they've attended, Mm -hmm. a small group they've attended where they've been burned somehow. And, um, so with that being said, everybody's going to have a background that they're coming from, whether they're hurt or whether they're just curious. And I think Mm -hmm. either one is welcome. The thing with what you just said is like, even if you weren't necessarily hurt, but Anytime you're looking for, you're looking to change something, it's because something wasn't pleasant. Yeah. We don't change things that are going well. Yeah, that's very true. It's because we recognize something, something, there's a stirring in our spirit about something, or we've been hurt by somebody, or something has had to change. Something has ignited that spark. And yes. like I said earlier, I really do believe that the Lord delights in our searching, in our like exploring of yes. his word for his truth and his character. Well, I mean, isn't there a beatitude about those who hunger and thirst mm-hmm. for righteousness? Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Yeah. So, um, really, the the stance that this uh, Jacques Derrida guy was taking was basically he was really sick of scripture being taken out of context. Um, to put in layman's terms, um, he was talking about and writing a lot about how our beliefs can be heavily biased and influenced by context, culture, politics. That's a big one in today's um, culture, religion, as in like practices of the church and experiences, environment. Um, And, you know, like if anybody out there has been hurt by a fellow Christian, Mm -hmm. you are not alone. Like we are such imperfect people. Like I am positive that obviously not on purpose that me as a Christian and active Christ follower that mm-hmm. I, that, that I may be the villain in somebody's story. <laughs> that's a lot. Of, that's a pill to swallow. And I don't like that. That makes me very uncomfortable. Right. But, um, you know, I encourage people look to Jesus. Don't look to people because people are always going to let you down. But also this is nothing new. Like mm-hmm. in the very, very early European church, I think of all the stories I even read in school that were taught in history books about different priests and, you know, kind of what led to the reformation, mm-hmm. you know, taking advantage of their people, you know, saying like, Hey, if you give us more money, you can buy your way to heaven. Like, there were so many twisted things that even went on then all those right. hundreds of years ago. So like, please know you're not alone. And that's not what Jesus intended. Mm-hmm. Like that's a people thing, not a Jesus thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, basically 
what Jacques Derrida focused on was what an author actually meant by the language he used. Yes. To get to the full truth of what that text meant Mm -hmm. in scripture. Again, downloading blueletterbible.org, the app, it's free. So great. Paying a couple bucks a month for a concordance app like Liz does. Um, Even the Bible app has a lot of really good insight on the original language used. Just so, like Pastor Isaac said, you know, if you're talking about love in a scripture, okay, is he talking about unconditional love? Is he talking about friendly love Mm -hmm. or godly love? Or, you know, you're able to better understand what it means. I'm telling y'all, I cannot say enough good things about if you don't have a concordance, download an app. It is free. It's such a great resource. It deepens my love and appreciation and understanding of the word of God. Yeah. And of course, that's the heart that we always want to go at it. For sure is looking to gain that deeper understanding. Yes. And the more that's kind of like some, when you find something that it's like that rabbit hole, you know, that you sometimes find yes. yourself on, on YouTube and like suddenly, you know, you're 38 videos in and you're like, I can relate. Oh my gosh. So well. Yes. That's, that's exactly what happens. Yes. Or it's like when you find a TikTok thread and they're like part 32. Here we are. And you're like, well, <laughs> got to scroll all the way back to one. Um, but uh, another theologian, Kevin Van Hoosier, puts it as a critical dismantling of tradition and traditional modes of thought. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever been like in a particular denomination or religious organization and you're like, hmm, why do we do this? If you ever asking those questions, that's just a part of deconstructing, and there is nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and but we are going to talk about the red flags later that yes. could come along with that. Um, so basically, um, there are four different avenues. Yes, where this word is used, and I think it's really important to recognize those four. And so, before we dive back in um, to what those specifically are in their titles. There are a few questions that I think correspond to those four that kind of helps us prime our brains as we begin thinking about where we might personally fall or where we have been before or where we're hoping to get to or um, just in general. So the first, um, the questions are, uh, with dismantling cultural influences, why do we do this? Um, Dismantling doctrine, should we continue to do this? Um, Dismantling Christianity, do I want to continue to do this? And then constructive dismantling, which is, um, I want to do this the right way. And so I think that, right. Yes. But I think, I think it's really helpful to, because sometimes those, those terms have dismantling written in them a lot and you're like, Oh, which, which one am I at? But it's really great to think about, you know, am I questioning why, why we have the practices or am I in the space of, I want to make sure that I'm doing this right. And it's really, it, it prepares you to have a heart check later. Yes. But let's talk a little bit more about break down these four different types. So starting with dismantling cultural influences. Yeah. So basically I loved your question for that one. Why do we do this? So it's basically exterminating cultural influences that would distort or redefine the faith in an unbiblical or harmful way. Mm -hmm. Um, So this can be taken to several extremes and I'm not going to give any examples because (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it could get very extreme. So vaguely put, it could be someone saying, I don't like what people have done with this scripture because they're applying it to the culture of 2021. Mm-hmm. Or on the flip side, it could say, how could we look at this scripture in the culture of 2021? Because this was written mm-hmm. in like 
200 AD or whenever right. the book was written. I don't even know if there's a book written that particular year. I just made that up. Probably. I don't know probably. Sense. Maybe Paul. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe 100. Oh. No. We'll look it up. Yeah, totally. Y'all don't listen to any of that. <laughs> don't listen to us. Where's Pastor Ivy? Right. <laughs> um, so basically um, getting rid of the bias that could come with culture. Right. Um, is what that one is. Yeah. So um, the next one, which is very similar, uh, dismantling doctrine. Um so, like, should we continue to do this? Yes. So, basically, um, this could be defined as, like, a critical dismantling of an evangelical belief that experience or education have rendered obsolete or harmful. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, a lot of different doctrines with different denominations have some pretty strict rules. Mm-hmm. And um, people could call that, quote, unquote, religious or legalistic and that's basically asking a question like should we continue this like what is the purpose of this right because obviously you know god is a god of order there are things that we should and should not do Mm -hmm. but at the same time i feel like man really loves to make up hoops for us to jump through for whatever reason so I think a lot of it's inspired. I mean, I talked last week about how I'm on the reading the Bible in the year and I just finished Leviticus today, but you know, there's a lot of laws in Leviticus about, you know, what you can do and when you can do it. And, um, you know, even to the point of like, you have, you have to leave your camp or you have to shave all your hair or, you know, there's all of these different things. And I think that though we aren't under that old covenant, that would be an example of do, should we, continue to do things this way is it right is it a necessary practice like it used to be when a woman was you know having their visit from mother nature you have to go to the outskirts of the city that's right for seven days i mean i don't think that's a bad idea Mm -hmm. i mean i'd like to be in exile a week out of the month every day (laughs) i mean as long as it was a comfortable nice place sign me up where's the bus right but um Yeah, uh, and people really uh, get caught up in a lot of those Levitical laws still, even though it also says, like, if someone steals something from you, you can cut their hand off. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Mm -hmm. So won't be practicing that at Poppy's Boutique. Nope, not at all. Just FYI, but still, don't steal from us. Thank you. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, uh, basically, I mean, should we still be doing this? Like, is this okay? And I know that everybody's probably thinking about a particular tradition or Mm -hmm. something like that um i so love tradition i so admire tradition Mm -hmm. but when it becomes like it says obsolete or harmful that's when it's like okay you know yeah um so it also said in this article i read which is i did not give credit to the author who did this great research that um i've looked up it's author john bloom he wrote this article for desiringgod.org which is a great website with really insightful articles. Um, so another thing that says about dismantling doctrines, a lot of people who do this are con- are the ones who are labeled mm. as progressive Christians, mm. which sounds really derogatory. I think it. I think it's been because of these different facets, depending on what experience you had with someone, depending on what facet they were in, can influences your perception. Yes. 
Because if someone's just asking, why should we do this versus someone who may be in the space of, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, Mm -hmm. that interaction can be very different. You're right. You're completely right. So moving on to the next question, um, dismantling Christianity. So um, sadly, there are a lot of people who have and are currently leaving the big C church because Mm -hmm. of things that have happened to them or they're, they're starting this dismantling of what they believe, not sure of why they believe what they believe. Right. Um, and this often gets labeled as deconstruction. If you've ever seen Mm -hmm. any TikToks or anything on that. Um, but really it should be labeled as deconversion Yeah. because deconstruction is a process, but deconstruction, Deconversion is a result. Right. So you can deconstruct and the result become, this hurts my heart to even say, I don't want to be a Christian anymore. If someone were to say that. Which it should, it should break all of our hearts at the thought that someone has been so, because you don't just wake up one day and say, yeah, I don't like it here. I'm going to leave. Yeah. That hurts me. But it's the, it's the idea of like someone was hurt that badly. Yes. Like by either a church or a person or somebody who proclaims, you know, to be a follower of Christ. And that is all of our hearts should be actively broken, which is a, just another cry of why we should be mindful of our actions and our words and our influence and, and yes. how we interact with others. Well, and you look at instances of people leaving faith and from what I've seen in, you know, and from what I can even draw conclusions on, I can't, I don't know their hearts. I can't see their hearts, but from the things that I've seen and heard, it's not because of God. It's because of people. Mm -hmm. It could be because they're mad at God over a specific prayer, not answered or Mm -hmm. a tragedy in their own life. I mean, there could be a number of reasons, but I really hate that that is labeled as deconstruction Mm -hmm. so oftentimes because the way I see it is deconstruction is healthy. Mm -hmm. And if I were to tell someone like, Hey, yeah, I'm deconstructing a couple of areas in my prayer life right Mm -hmm. now or what, whatever Mm X, Y, Z fill in the blank. Um, people would probably be like, Oh, but I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, I'm just asking healthy questions. Like, Am I going through the motions right now? Mm-hmm. Am I becoming apathetic? Am I listening to God or am I just doing all the talking? Right. Am I in the word? Do I need to be fasting? Like just asking questions. Mm-hmm. And that leads me to the last one, which so is good. our favorite question. And like, can you repeat it? Yes. I, this one's not a question. This one's a statement. That's right. I want to do this one. The, I want to do it the right way. Yes. And that is called constructive dismantling. So Mm -hmm. that is dismantling, deconstructing, and then rebuilding, reconstructing your faith. Um, And this can sometimes be due to a faith crisis. It can be due to maybe that tiredness of going through the motions. Um, It could be through a huge life change, but for whatever reason, and there doesn't necessarily have to be a reason, um, you're just seeking out a more authentic version Mm -hmm. of your faith. And I commend admire and recommend that yes absolutely and god's not and we've already said this god's not afraid but i think when you love something truly you're not afraid to to criticize it yeah you know or or not even necessarily a criticism but you're looking to dig in deep yes um to learn more and i think about um i i just had an image of it of our barn on our family farm and I haven't had livestock and it hasn't been kept up the way it needed to be. And in my mind, I just have this vision that 
we'll just tear all the all the siding off and it'll be left with bare bones and I get to rebuild this barn and make it what I would love for it to be mm, and yes. how much I would love that. And I think this is the same because instead of just tearing it all down and building something new from the ground up, I know that the bones are strong and I yeah. want to see it be its best version so that it can be best utilized for what, for, for its a purpose. Yes. So this is the avenue that we're going to be focusing on mm-hmm. because I think that it's the healthiest one to focus on. Mm-hmm. So Liz, can you bless us with the amazing questions that you have about like, how do we respond to this? Like now that we know what it is, a lot of you have probably already done this. Like mm-hmm. if you've ever read a scripture and you've gotten a new revelation of it and you're like, whoa, that's, I've never heard it taught that way. Mm-hmm. Or if you hear a sermon or see something online in the faith world and you're like, hmm, that does not sit right with my spirit. Yeah. Um, we've all done this mm-hmm. in big or small ways. So now we're going to talk about like, how do we respond? What do yeah. we do with this? What are some red flags? Well, I think the main thing is like, you have to do a heart check. If you're going to go into any type of deconstructing, you have to know where your heart is at and you have to come prepared with, I almost want to say like thick skin, but also the honesty. You just have to have, be the, be bold enough to be honest with yourself about where you're at. Yeah. Because the Lord does not mind to call us out. The Holy Spirit will, will make you feel valid, not validated, excuse me, violated yes. real quick. But here are some of the, the basic questions that we can run through. Um, uh, for the first one that I, that came to my mind is, are you feeling hurt? Mm. And that can tell you a lot about um, about where you are, about where you're trying to go. If you're a, if you're coming to a space of deconstructing, looking to sometimes escape a feeling or escape a thought, or um, you know, are you feeling hurt? So, and then the second one um, that I've got is um, is my problem with a person, or is it with God's command or stance? Two completely different things. Yes. Very, because sometimes we want, we see that someone has done something that we don't feel like, or, you know, they proclaim Christ and we don't agree with their action. And so we're looking like, is it, is my problem with that person or, and because they proclaim Christ also, or is it because I actually don't agree with a command that God has or what the word of God says? And those are two very different problems because if it's with the person, you can go to them and you can address that. And with the, if it's God, then you're going to have to go to the Holy Spirit and you're going to have to do some digging, which comes into the next thing, which is, have you searched the word? It is real hard to, to ask God to give you answers with a closed Bible. That's true. There's a whole book of wisdom on it, man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of going back to your last point, I was listening to, I think it was Jenny Allen. And she was talking about, on, on a podcast, she was talking about, you know, so many people are actually leaving church as in like they're not attending church anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that could be brought about through COVID, but now it's been two years later mm-hmm. and why aren't they coming back? And she's talking about that in the sense of, you know, if you are that, that person and you are not re- returning because of another person, You've got to do a heart check on that because if you are this, these are my words. Now, if you're looking for spiritual validation in the hands of another human being, you're probably never going to get that. Mm -hmm. People will always let you down. Mm -hmm. God will never let you down holistically. Mm -hmm. Um, And if that's the case, you will, you'll never go to another church again. 
Yeah. Um, but I do think that community of believers is crucial. It is crucial. We both very much so treasure that. Um, I mean, Jesus himself, he wasn't here on this earth by himself. No. Doing things by himself, traveling just a nomad, just him. He had a tribe with him. Absolutely. There's so much value in community. And it, and he was perfect, fully God, fully human. But those, his apostles, his followers, oh my gosh, like they needed each other. Yes. We need each other as believers to, to, call, to call each other out, to call each other up, yes. to, to gather together, to pray, to fast together, to do the Lord's work together because that's, that's what we've been called to. Amen. And to deny that that's not an important part of our calling is to deny what God has his provision over our lives of what we need. Yeah, amen. And so I think that's another part of like, how do you feel about the truth, the truth that has been presented to us? And that's another hard, hard check is like, oh, well, you know, I'm not sure if I believe this part of the word of God. And I'm like, if you don't believe a part of it, that makes you question for me. I think that as, oh, if I can't trust God in this instance, when can I? Mm, yeah. It, it, there is no riding the fence with when it comes to God. Yeah. You either fully believe him and his word or you don't. I mean, lukewarm is the word that he uses for that. In That's the word. true. And I know, you know, this was, I think I've, I've, we've had this conversation once before. And sometimes I question whenever we're doing lots of research and there's, we have access to so much um, when it comes to research on the Bible and what um, a pinnacle piece of literature it's been in the course of the world. Yes. Um, but I think it's also important to recognize that when you say that you believe that the same God that created this earth just by speaking it into existence in seven days and he sent his son, he can do all of that. But to say that, I don't know if I can trust the Bible in these certain stances to me says, Oh yeah, God can do that, but he can't protect his own word. Mm. He's not capable of that. Mm, That's true. Man has so much more reign over the word of God than God does. Wow. Hunter and I were having this, this is a total rabbit trail. Hunter and I were having this conversation the other day, just like, how valid is the Bible? Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many translations. It's such an old text. It is the number one study text mm-hmm. of all time. Its accuracy in being translated is at an over 99% accuracy. Mm-hmm. Because it is the most studied text of all time. Yeah. And of course, King James sounds different from ESV because ESV was like the last version was finished in 2016. Yeah. And King James was, I don't even know what time when <laughs> King James was around. <laughs> right. Forever ago. Yeah. And then you have paraphrases mm-hmm. like the passion, the message, and they're paraphrases. Yeah. So you can't be hating on a paraphrase when it is labeled a paraphrase. Mm-hmm. They're but, not claiming to be the Hebrew, right. <laughs> the Greek. Right. You know, but um, I do think that that's really cool how it is the most studied text of mm-hmm. all time. 
And this makes me think of, and we'll, we'll come, we'll get back to our questions, but, um, last over the break, um, Sarah and I and all of our friends got to go to the museum of the Bible in Washington, DC. Definitely recommend if you've never been, um, but there's a room where it shows all the Bibles that have been translated or what countries don't have one that's translated into their language yet, or, you know, all the things. And it was such an eye opening moment, but in also a humbling moment to realize that, um, how much it, it opened my eyes to how much faith I have in that, in the word of God. Yes. Because I know that if for some of these countries that just, I mean, this past year got their, got a Bible translated into their language, that they don't have access to the resources that we have no. that can sometimes question and challenge and all the extra, you know, supplemental materials. They don't have access to that. They are solely relying on the word yes. in the word alone. Yes. And that was like, Wow. I mean, of course we have the internet, but if they're just now getting a Bible, a text that's been around for thousands of years, right? it just was such a humbling moment for me yes. to think about that. Um, but anyways, so I digress. Going back to our heart check. Yes. <laughs> um, so am, the next question kind of comes back to, am I relying on my own understanding? Am I relying on my own understanding it's like I know your mom loves that verse, Proverbs three. Child, you already know, you know my mama. I love her, y'all. We got to bring her back. We do. <laughs> Gosh, she's amazing. She used to say that verse to me all the time when I was a little girl. Lean not on your own understanding, but that's you know that's such a a, a real thing if you, that we have to realize, and it's a humbling moment to to realize that oh God, I'm really not trusting you. Yeah. In this, I'm I'm looking for how I can interpret this, how I understand it, how I'm looking for you to behave, how I think you should behave yes, and not recognizing like just the reverence and the, the righteous, you know, in the holiness that you are. Yes. Um, am I looking to learn or am I looking to be validated? That's a hard one right there, girl. It's hard. It'll call us out because there are times, Yes, it will. I mean, when we talk, we could talk about hard hitting topics about, um, I mean, I'm, we, we're not going to get into this, but even, what happens to babies? Yeah. When, what happens to babies that, that die? You know, that we're not here to discuss what the right answer is, but in looking for those answers and searching the scriptures, you know, and asking the Holy, seeking the Holy Spirit to give us um, to discernment on those topics, on, you know, what the word really says, um, sometimes we don't always get answers that we want to hear. And not just yeah. with that, but just with lots of things that we go to the Lord asking about. Yeah. And that it takes a lot of level of maturity of responsibility of humility to say, wow, God, I, I don't understand why you feel the way that you feel or why you've revealed this to me in this way, but I trust you. I think another thing that goes hand in hand with that mm-hmm. is when you have a question that is not directly covered yeah. in the scriptures, mm-hmm. kind of like, the example that you're talking about, I have not ever studied that or looked for it. Um, but I know there's a lot of big questions that mm-hmm. aren't specifically covered in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important there to get in the word and learn the nature of God, mm-hmm. to learn who he is and to learn about how he operates. And that right there can really help you. Mm-hmm draw some conclusions in my opinion. Oh, for sure. For sure. Cause there's a lot of issues that we have questions about that is just very cloudy mm-hmm. in the scripture. 
just because it just wasn't covered. Right. And that's where the Holy Spirit kicks in. Absolutely. Girl, that's the truth. And then the last thing that I want to leave us with on this part is, um, what is the foundation of healthy deconstruction? Here we go. And so Sarah and I were talking about this earlier, and I said, I think it's truth, relying and in, in determining your the truth that yes. you are going to base all this on. Because if you're not basing it on, if you're basing it on your own truth or your own perspective, that's one thing. Or if you're basing it on, I fully trust the truth that is that is in the word of God. And then Sarah brought up eliminating bias, which I think is so important. Like we said, going back to the original definition of deconstructing, we're talking about, we're looking for the author's intent, yes. the author's original thought. And if we only view that original thought through bias, I'll give, I think I've given this example once before, but I'm going to give it again. I'm so excited. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say. Everything I have, everything is all about farming or agriculture or something. Cause y'all know I love it. But, um, bananas, the banana flavored things that we have, yes, they're actually, they taste like banana, but that, that banana is no longer available because it was so susceptible to disease that the banana we have today was, they didn't have then. So we think that tastes like fake banana. Oh no, honey, that was the original banana. Wow. We have the changed and improved banana that doesn't taste like that one anymore. Yeah. And so that's what I'm always thinking about whenever we talk about eliminating that bias that, oh, well, that this is fake banana. If Unless you know what I just told you, yeah, it would taste like fake banana. So or unless you've Unless you've ever had that banana also to compare. Because, I mean, I'm sure our grandparents, banana candy and bananas back then, probably tasted exactly the same. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's changed. That is insane to think So about. what happens when we take off those rose-colored glasses and that we say, Lord, just come, just come completely, fully abandoned, say, God, I want to know you. I want to know your truth. Yes. I want to be, I want to do right by you. I want to follow you. I'm ready to pick up my cross. I'm ready to do, put in the work, even if it's hard, even if it's a hard pillow to swallow, even yes. if I have to step outside my comfort zone. Well, and that's when, like, looking at, you know, deconstruction and what you need to know as an important baseline, mm-hmm. what you're talking about, you've got to know salvation mm-hmm. in the gospel as your baseline. Yeah. Like, that is a non-compromisable truth when it comes to being a part of our faith. Now, if you have questions about that, again, I don't think God is afraid of our questions. Mm-mm. But at the end of the day... In order for it to be very effective, deconstructing and then reconstructing, mm-hmm. the common denominator has to be Jesus is Lord. Yes. The way to God is through Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything else can build upon that. Yeah. That's the found, that's the foundation. Yes. Um, I love Philippians 1, 9 through 11. It says, And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day Mm -hmm. of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Um, And then another verse that we love, my eighth grade Bible teacher made us memorize this verse. (laughs) Um, It's uh, 1 Peter 315 it says but in your hearts set apart christ is lord there's that foundation Mm -hmm. we just talked about and then it says always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have let me tell you what i you cannot uh, i say you can't convince me you probably could but 
I really, I wholeheartedly believe that oftentimes we are afraid of sharing the gospel because we're afraid of having to defend ourselves. Yep. We're afraid that we won't know enough. We're afraid that God won't give us the words to say when we need to say them yep. because we don't know them beforehand. And that's where, you know, coming in faithfulness, studying the word, putting it into practice, you know, learning God's character. That's where all of that, you know, what you do, the practice you do in private will become known in public. Yep. And so that, that verse, that's, that's the real deal. Absolutely. Um, do we have anything else? Y'all, I think that's it, but I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation I on do. this. And this is I, probably the most like technical we've ever gotten with a topic. Would you agree? I would agree. And I'm, I'm loving it. And we hope that you are too. Um, be sure to stay tuned for next week. Um, we're starting a series, what he said, we're getting into the red letters. Yes. So everything that Jesus said, learning once again, like we've always said, uh, learning more about his character, who the man, um, man and God, who he is our Lord and savior. And, uh, I think there's so much that we can glean just from what we can cover in a, in a matter of a few weeks, but we hope that it gives you the hunger um, to dive a little bit deeper. Yeah. All in the name of being more authentic in our faith. Absolutely. Absolutely. That. So gosh, I hope y'all have a great week. Yeah. We'll see you back here next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. That's it for today, fam. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to rate and subscribe. And don't forget to visit us on Instagram at Chosen Girls Movement or on our website to see our merch and free resources. And meet us back here next Tuesday.